Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. One interesting thing is that I've worked with several couples who are entrepreneurial couples, and they talk a lot about bringing their relationship a lot closer through doing the work together. And I think that's really, that's something that's been really fun to be a part of. Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Real Estate Lab podcast. In this lab, we decode the stories, secrets, and skills of the most brilliant minds in real estate investing, then turn their wisdom into practical advice and knowledge that we can use to boost our income. And now, let's turn it over to our host, V. It's a great day to be alive and to invest in real estate. My name is V Koo, and you're now listening to my show, the Real Estate Lab podcast. How are you doing, my friend, my lab mate? I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful time listening to this podcast. Maybe you're driving down the street, you know, in traffic and listening to my voice, or you're at work trying to do the next deal. Wherever you are, I really, really appreciate you listening to me and my podcast and for your support. Hey, if we haven't connected yet, definitely go to www.callwithv. Dot com to schedule that call and I would like to listen to you and you know hear from you for your feedback whatever you have or if you are working on a deal and you're stuck you would like to get some coaching on it I'm here for you and today's episode I am truly truly excited to share it with you I usually don't have a guest on outside of the real estate niche to talk to you However, today is just different. Our guest today is a mindset coach. She helps entrepreneurs building thriving businesses. And what's unique about her is how she coaches from coupling her social science training with her real-life experiences in overcoming big challenges. And she actually got a PhD in sociology at CU Boulder. She finished the Demartini Method in Colorado-born and raised. She's a Native American, Mexican-American, and indigenous. First-gen college student got her PhD at 40. A decade ago, she went through bankruptcy and a house foreclosure. Now, after an affair, getting divorced, then having her next relationship fall apart, and the next one, and the next one, our guest was living in survival mode on food stamps, trying to work her way through grad school and as a single mom. It's not easy. As you will hear from our guest in this episode, she went through a lot. And why did I bring her on to our podcast to talk to you? The reason is, as real estate investor, we are trained to work on the method, the strategy, different tactics to bring down a deal but something missing is the missing ingredient here is our mindset you know if two investors are trained the same way same method same strategy basically they know the same thing why is it that one person could execute the deal and the other person fail it's all because of the mindset in mindset, it plays a big part in real estate investing because I believe, I truly believe that whether in real estate or in any field of work that you do, to have success, you must work 80% on your mindset and only 20% on your tactic or your strategy. Whether you are buying apartment, mobile home park, single family home rentals, or just investing passively, whatever you do, mindset plays a pivotal part in our life and our coach is here to teach us a few tactics and she's just giving us coaching on what we need to do um, our coach today is dr amanda barrientes dr amanda barrientes is a nfa no fucking around coach that's her brand i'm not cursing i'm just simply reading to you her company's name and you know she uh Going back to the moment that she went on food stamp and whatnot, in a breakdown moment, she knew that she had to change something in her life. 
So after accessing free knowledge uh, on different podcasts and YouTubes, she pays for high-level coaching, and um, Dr. Amanda implemented what she was learning from uh, from all the podcasts and YouTube channels that she uh, listened to, got access to, and high-ticket coaching. So she is an amazing person to listen to. I'm sure you will get a lot out of it, whether you are a new investor who just started in this journey or you are someone who is a veteran in the real estate investing world, this episode will help you achieve your next level achievement. Whatever you desire to do, you will get it. Now, without further ado, let's jump into my sessions with Dr. Amanda Berientes. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Lab Podcast. Um, I have a mindset coach here with me. Uh, she is super awesome. And uh, I've recently gotten to know her a little bit uh, because of an introduction from a previous guest. And uh, if you're listening to this episode and you want to listen to that guest, go back to um, episode 20, listen to Mr. Chris Prefontaine. And our guest today is uh, Dr. Amanda Barrientes. Is that correct? Uh, yep, you got it real close. Barry Antes. Barry Antes. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Awesome. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Well, it's it's great to have you on because, um, you know, I've I been doing investing for a long time and really I did not get much uh, success until I talked to him a mindset coach and um, had some work on my mindset. And investing is really 80% mindset and 20% strategic. And the strategy you use to acquire your property, however you make your money in real estate. So I'm I'm grateful to have you here today. So I just want to first question, just get it out of the gate here. So Boulder, you may not remember this, but uh, I'm going to describe this to you. So scene is Boulder. You left your house before the crack of dawn. You ran for 12 miles up steep mountains trail, went through electric shocks, obstacles, climbed 10 feet of walls and snow mountains for the Tough mother event. What was going through your mind? Why would you do something like that? <laughs> where where did you hear about that? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, you know, I love to push myself to my limits and see what I'm made of. So, you know, for example, I'm one of those weird people that had natural births. I had home births actually, and I had no drugs. And, you know, I was like, I want to know what I'm made of. And I've run marathons. You know, I have one of the hardest marathons they say is the Aspen backcountry marathon because it's at such high altitude. And, you know, I've done that and I did, I've done tough mutters and or I, I actually I did one tough mutter, but I've done other um, races like that. And I, I just like to see the boundaries of my physical, emotional, mental, intellectual capacities and, and just go for it, you know? So it, it was, that one was pretty grueling. I actually broke my ribs in the middle of it. So um, that was exciting, but I finished anyway. <laughs> That's good. And, and I see that you do a lot of, you know, kind of mind over matters kind of runs. How has that helped you in your journey thus far? Um, yeah, you know, to me at the time when I was doing a lot of athletic training and really into running a lot every week, I, I realized it was it, a lot of those years of a, of a lot of miles of running was during grad school. And I was sitting a lot and studying a lot and reading a lot. And part of it was needing the physical out, outlet, but it was also this place of instant gratification, you know? So it was like, there's in grad school, you've got this really long trajectory, a lot like entrepreneurship where, you know, you're putting in a lot of the work to not see the gains for a while, sometimes mm -hmm. for weeks, sometimes for years. And so running is one of those where it's like every run, you get a pretty quick fix of instant gratification from my perspective, you know, because it releases endorphins and, you know, just shifts your mindset. I run in the mountains a lot. So it's the nature fix and all those things. So it's, you know, when you're doing the long distance, it's definitely mind over matter. It's way more about a mind game than it is anything else. And at the time, I didn't realize I was doing mindset training and that that would end up being what I, you know, end up teaching people. But I see it now. It's like, you know, a lot of really powerful athletes are really powerful entrepreneurs. And that's why. So, like, at what point did you uh, realize that you wanted to uh, be a coach? When did you realize that? 
Um, for me, my start into coaching worlds was when I was having my own personal downfall in my personal relationship and financial life. So I've always been pretty good at, you know, deciding on a career type of goal and going for it. Like, you know, I was a single mom in grad school and I, you know, I, I just set my mind to a goal. And if I knew all the steps to get there, I could have it work. But relationships are much messier and money to me was much messier. I didn't realize there was a roadmap for success. And so I was I ended up leaving my 15 year marriage through having an affair. And then my next relationship was falling apart. And then my ex-husband lost his job. So here I am in grad school with three kids on food stamps because I didn't have any other options at the time. And, um, in that moment when I was really just feeling broken down and really victim minded, I was like, okay, I am the center of my reality. And if I don't change something, this isn't going to change. And so I started to listen to a whole bunch of podcasts because they were free ways to learn. And that's why I love podcasting so much. Um, you know, cause it's like, you can learn on the go for free. Anyone can do it anywhere. You know, it's like almost I think 90% of the population has a cell phone. So in to listen to podcasts and you can listen online and all these things. So I really, really got into podcasts and all of the ones that I was drawn to ended up being by coaches. And I was thinking, Oh, interesting. And at the time I thought I was going to end up being a professor and, you know, I was doing my research in, in academia and there was a pretty high stress vibe in that culture where, um, you know, most of my colleagues who were applying for jobs were applying to 100, they would get a couple flyouts, and they would be offered a job in a location where I would never want to live for 50 to $70,000 a year. And I thought, well, crap, I'm never going to get out of debt out of my student loan debt if I take that job, and I'm not going to move my family. I lived in Boulder for, you know, at that time, 20 years. And so I thought, hmm, I could be a coach. And and use my love of teaching. I, I love teaching. I got to teach over 2000 students at CU Boulder. And I felt, I realized that I just love, love, love teaching. And I thought, how can I combine all the things that I've learned in my behavioral sciences background with my love of teaching and get paid more to do it and have a larger impact? And coaching just turned out to be a really powerful vehicle for that. And real quick, before we uh, move on, um, if you want to listen to Dr. Amanda's uh, podcast, and her podcast is called Max Potential Habits, and you can also check out her website. Uh, it's at www.nfacoaching.com. It's NFA Coaching, and it stands for, and it ties really nicely to what you were asking me at the beginning. It, it stands for No Fucking Around Coaching, so NFA Coaching, and that comes from my athlete background. That was that was the name I used to call my sports teams was NFA you know, we would always be team NFA. And then one day I was talking to a client and he said, you know, you're really like a tough love dad, but you're really soft and caring at the same time. And I said, well, I'm not fucking around about your transformation. And it kind of stuck. And then I shared that with someone and they're like, they laughed. And then I put it on my Instagram feed and it started attracting, you know, people asking me to, you know, I had a, a, a woman ask me to be on her podcast. She's like, I love the name of your company. And I was like, Okay, I'm rebranding. <laughs> <laughs> so what what sport were you playing with your team? Um, those teams were usually, uh, I would do, um, uh, I, it was like a triathlon. It was a, it was called, oh man, it wasn't Tough Mudder, Muddy Buddies, Muddy Buddies. With one of my dear friends, we would, so she would bike, I would run, and then she'd drop the bike and do an obstacle course, and then I'd meet her, and then I would bike, and she would run, and then we'd do an obstacle course. So we would call each other team NFA, but the original was from volleyball. When I was in high school, I was on a league with my dad. Yeah. Wow. What a name. So you've been, you carry that along with you for the last, how long now? Yeah, I have. Let's see. I'm 42 and that volleyball league was, whew, I think I was probably, we were, I was 17. It was when I was 17, 16 and 17. I had those, that volleyball league. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, you know, my friends who know me and people who know me are, you know, they're like NFA, they, they know my attitude in that way. And it's, in, you know, it's NFA in terms of adopting a mindset of radical responsibility to create a meaningful and fulfilling life and business. And whatever that means to you, it could be your NFA about meditation, <laughs> could be that your NFA about loving your family. You know, it's really just this approach of what do I really want in life? And what am I willing to do to get there? And how am I willing to allow the universe to provide all of that for me as I take action in the direction of my dreams? Yeah, definitely. And so let's just um, take us 
you know, back from uh, for a moment here before you started coaching. And then you mentioned a little bit about your um, your life, you know, uh, on food stamp, divorced. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about that period of your life? What was, you know, what, what was going through your life at that point? Yeah, you know, I, I got married really, really young. I got pregnant when I was 20 and dropped out of college and we got married and then had a baby and then we had two more. So we have three kids together. And, you know, I think it, because of that and, you know, his both of our childhoods were challenging in very different ways, but we weren't really taught relationship skills. Um, and, you know, I honestly, I think I was taught a lot of what I believe about relationships at the time from the movies. And it was, I watched a lot of soap operas growing up and a lot of romance movies. And it was always this one-sided expectation that every, you know, it was just this really either really dramatic or, but easily fixed and, you know, kind of the fairy tale story. And I bought into a lot of that and I didn't have a lot of powerful communication skills to figure out like, oh, I'm we need to both own our parts and we both need to learn how to communicate well together. And I, I blamed my ex-husband a lot for a lot of the stuff we had going on at the time. I didn't see it then, but um, you know, really what happened was I didn't, it, it, what was going on was, you know, it was, I had come from a fundamentalist Christian family and then I went into being a stay at home mom. Um, I had some businesses that I started to run, but I was, I had a pretty sheltered life in a lot of ways and I hadn't experienced a lot of the world. So then when I went to grad school and started taking a whole bunch of feminist classes and learning about the world and exploring, I was like, Oh wow, I want to break free. You know, I felt like I really was ready to break free and learn something different and new. And so, you know, I didn't have the skills to say, Oh, I want to leave my relationship. So I ended it through having an affair, which, opened the door to a whole bunch of learning and growth. And, you know, now my ex and I are, are super good friends. We've, we've known each other since I was 13 years old and, you know, we have a long, long history, but it's, it was, I would say it has to do with not knowing that it's possible to learn the skills to both have an incredible relationship and master your money. So those were all coming together at the same time for me where, you know, I thought, you know, here I am single, alone, scared, and really disempowered financially. And I, and I thought that money was one of those things that just kind of happened to magical people. <laughs> I didn't think that I had the power to figure out how to learn the skills and put into action what I was learning to create wealth in my life. I, I feel that. You okay? I, I feel like you choked up a little bit there just thinking back about that. that uh, oh, no. Yeah. no I, okay, you good? No, I, oh, yeah. No, I have. Um, I actually am getting over a cough. <laughs> um, but okay. yeah. You know, for me, it's it's actually a really incredible place of empowerment. For a long time, I had a lot of shame about sharing, you know, oh, I had an affair. And, you know, it's pretty, most people wouldn't just broadcast that out to the universe. But I I think that when we share our stories with other people, they realize I'm not alone. Um, how do I work through this? How do I overcome this? How do I learn from it? How do I get better from it? Instead of hiding it, which tends to cause more shame and guilt and fear and doubt and uncertainty. So I really, I'm really open about sharing my history so that people can see that it's possible to do and know that it's possible to come from a place of pretty intense disempowerment to going like, okay, awesome. You know, now I'm great friends with my ex-husband and I've created a six figure coaching business and you know, I want people to be able to be empowered through hearing my story. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's what I wanted to hear um, when I asked you that question is to paint a picture for the audience of where you were and mm -hmm. where you are now. You, you know, if you, how long did it take you to get to where you are now? Three, three, four years? Um, yeah, I was on food stamps in 2016 and 2019 was my first full time year in my business. And in that year, I went to six figures. It's just it's a short amount of time and all because you changed your mindset and went with yeah. a different direction. Yeah, right. It's it's funny. Sometimes I, I'm really impatient. So I sometimes forget to look at it and go, wow, that is pretty fast to have such <laughs> big shifts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Can't wait to see where you will go next now with with all the knowledge that you know and um you know all the people that you've been able to help so far. Thank you, B. I'm excited too. <laughs> so now let's let's change the, the topic a little bit and talk um a little bit about your, your coaching now. And I understand that you are a uh D Martini method train. Could you yeah. explain what that means to, to us? Yeah. 
Yeah, so Demartini, um, actually, he was a really critical, pivotal mentor in my on my journey. I um, when I was on food stamps in grad school, he was one of the first coaches. He, he doesn't call himself a, a coach; he's a, a human behavior specialist. And um, he was coming to Denver to do a, a seminar for $35. And I was like, oh, cool. I didn't know much about him. I had just heard about him through another coach in a workshop that I had done work study to take that was in Boulder that I found through a podcast, which was such a cool story. And I heard his name because he had used some of his methods in his course. And so when I saw this ad on Facebook that Martini was going to be in Denver, I was like, oh, cool, 35 bucks. I can come up with that. So I went to this, this thing and I took, it was like a, it was like a two hour lecture and I took about 20 pages of notes. I was blown away. I mean, wait, hang on. So two hours and you took 20 pages of notes. Yeah, I still have the original notes. I mean, it was like everything he said, I was like, this is mind blowing. I was just completely blown away. And at the end of it, he promoted a workshop that he was doing that weekend called the Breakthrough Experience that his that is his you know signature event that really kind of enters you into all the stuff that he does. And it, but it was almost $2,000. And I was like, oh dear, I was making $18,000 a year at the time. I mean, like, you know, yeah, so as a grad student, I was an instructor and then in grad school at the same time. That was right. My rent was fourteen hundred dollars a month, you know. So I was taking out full student loans on food stamps, like had an extra research job. I was doing everything I knew how to do to finish school. But I got really resourceful because I asked them to do any scholarships. Is there, you know, like I asked, they're like, nope, you've got to empower yourself to figure it out. And within two days, I remembered, I got really resourceful. I started going, what can I sell? What can I, you know, like, how can I come up with this money? I have to be at this event. I just know it in the depths of my soul. <laughs> and I remembered that I had, a, had, had access to a student loan for a computer. And, you know, you could get a loan for a computer, but I had never used the loan. So I called financial aid. And they said, yeah, you have access to that money. They gave it to me and I was able to pay for the course. So it was really, really fascinating and amazing. So I went to this breakthrough experience and it just led me into a completely different life where I learned values. I learned how to link my values. I learned and now I'm values trained and trained in his method because it's such a powerful tool. So values, I call it tapping into your genius juice. It's where you learn what your highest priorities are that help you be productive, engaged, profitable, and inspired. So I've turned it into this idea of, you know, it's the peppy entrepreneur. You're profitable, engaged, productive, and inspired. And it's because you're in alignment with your highest version of yourself and you're doing exactly what you love. And when you're doing that, it's easy to focus. It's easy to know how to answer yes and no to things. It's easy to partner with the right people. It's easy to it's just a filter that we see the whole world through. And then his other method, the Demartini method, which is a very systematic approach really to love <laughs> is it's really a science of love. But what it really does is helps you see the balanced perspective of all things. So it's this idea that everything is neutral until we make it either good or bad, right or wrong negative or positive through our perceptions. So the method itself helps you balance out your perceptions about something that happened either in your past so that you can get over the sadness, the grief, the guilt, the shame, the fear around it and move into your present and future really powerfully with a balanced mind. So, you know, one of my favorite words is poise, which means a balanced state of equilibrium. So you're seeking this place of balance where you go, I see all sides. I'm willing to see all sides. I'm willing to love. It's really deep shadow work. And I just want to have you kind of elaborate a little bit about the uh, tapping into your genius juice part. Um, this is something really fascinating because I have personally taken a lot of um, personality tests. And uh -huh. I, I'm truly, I, I want to play to my strength. You know, if there's a method out there that could help me find my, my genius juice, you know, I would love to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I take people through a, 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 it's called values determination. So I ask them several questions and we determine what your highest priority values are. And then you learn how to, if uh, the biggest problem people have is they want, often want them to be something they're not. So your life demonstrates your values and often people will say what they want their values to be instead of what they are. So it's very different from personality tests where personality tests will usually kind of argue that you are born a certain way. 
this is more like your 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 priority compass that changes throughout your life course that's based on voids that happen across your life course. So your voids create your values. So for example, one of my highest values now is wealth building because I had such a void on making money. Um, and so when you start to understand what your values are, it's then it's your roadmap and you can shift them. Things that change your values are, there's three things. It's either developmental trajectories. So obviously when you're 10, your priorities are going to be very different than when you're 40. You know, like when you're 10, it might be friends and video games. And when you're 40, it might be wealth building and love or social life or something, you know, like having a, a wide social network. Um, so that can change. It's it, you can change them by. Well, they can be changed by what I would say catastrophic events okay. or events, right? So this is kind of what most people want to avoid and what you can avoid by knowing your values and linking your values. So you, what will happen is if you're out of alignment with your highest inspired callings, you'll get sick, you'll sabotage, you'll bring in crappy relationships. Um, we do all kinds of things. I think of it as the universal helping you get back into alignment. And so the other way to change them is by choice. So by choosing to go, okay, my values are here, but I want them to be here. And then I help people link them to get them empowered toward the direction that they want to go. And this is something you will take your client through when they start working with you? Yeah. Yeah. It's always my first step with people because it gives me a lot of information about how to work with you and for you to work with yourself. Got it. Got it. And again, if you are just listening to this part and um, you want to get a hold of uh, Dr. Amanda and you want to work with her, definitely go check out her website at www.nfacoaching.com. And that is for not no fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said not fucking. <laughs> yeah. And it's um, on my website, on the homepage, there's a, you know, you can even schedule a free consult and just, you know, we go through a strategy session to help you, me and you determine where you want to go. And I, you can get some big takeaways immediately. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you have some um, eBooks or something uh, to download that you could offer to our audience? Yeah, I have so many fun things on my website. Um, <laughs> I do. I have a journal. I have everyone that works with me journal because it's one of the most empowering, simple tools. So I have a template. I've got a mindset meditation kit. I've got the ultimate mindset switch strategy. I've got, um, boy, oh, a money magnet guide. And I just started a really new fun thing. And I actually, you'd have to be invited somewhere through for this one because it's not on my website yet, but it's called Daily Money Love Notes. So if you go to www.dailymoneylovenotes.com, you'll get a love note from money every day. So from, it's helping. from money every day? Yeah, yeah. It's a really fun <laughs> project where, you know, I think that people really suffer and struggle in their relationship to money. And every single person that I've ever worked with, I don't care if they're on food stamps or making a million dollars an hour, there's they have charge around money. And so I wanted to have this playful, fun way to have money talk to you from the perspective of wealth, abundance, um, you know, universal support, that kind of thing. So it's a really fun project and a, and a great way to, you know, get get into the NFA fold. Yeah, yeah, de definitely. And you also uh, mentioned earlier about a uh, mindset switch. And I've listened to, you, to your talk before about the seven P's of uh, profit profitability. And in the perception part, you did mention that. Can you take a deep dive uh, for us into the mi uh, mindset switch? Um, so if you want to get the webinar of the seven P's, go to the show notes section. I will have a link there for you. Okay, now, Dr. Amanda, go ahead and, and share with us the seven Ps. Awesome. So the seven Ps are, number one, perceptions. Number two, purge perfectionism. Number three, productive action. Number four, powerful network. Number five, performance habits. Number six, P&L. And number seven, playfulness prizes. And of course, on the webinar, I go into depth into each of these. But since we have probably have limited time here, I'll talk about perceptions. Like, you know, like you asked about, I think of perception as the NFA mindset. So perceptions has to do with your mindset. And your perceptions and your mindset are based on habitual thoughts that you think about yourself 
others, and your environment. So that's really my definition of mindset. It's a habitual collection of beliefs and thoughts about yourself, others, and your environment. And the interesting thing is your life, it shows what your beliefs are because your thoughts become things, right? So our thoughts become our material reality because they're habitual and something you're thinking about over and over and over again, whether it's unconscious or conscious is going to show up in your outer world because your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. So when you become the master of your perceptions and your thoughts, you get to master your life. If you don't, your thoughts and your perceptions will master you. And what that means is you have more unconscious beliefs stacked in a direction you don't want to go than you do want to go. So when I see people saying to me, I really, really want to be wealthy. I really want to be an incredible real estate investor. I really want this and I really want that, but it's not happening. It gives me a really clear indication that there's somewhere there's incongruency and I call this competing commitments. So there's a competing commitment where they have a conscious belief that they want something, but they have unconscious an unconscious belief system that's holding them back. So it's my job to work with them to help them understand what their unconscious belief system is so that they can shift more quickly and move in the direction that they want to go. Definitely. So so I, I see this. So let's say you you say to yourself that you want to be a successful investor, but then deep down you're you're saying to yourself, I don't think I'm good enough. You know, who am I to to start charging people for rent? I don't believe in in this or I don't believe in uh, being a landlord because, you know, capitalism is evil and whatnot. Right. So if you think like that, you will never be able to purchase another deal. Exactly. Yes. So you will create a whole bunch of blocks to you bringing deals to you. And when or when you get them coming your way, you won't charge enough. Or you'll create deals that are sabotaging. There's all kinds of interesting ways it shows up if we have incongruency in our belief systems. You know, um, yeah, it, it's it's very it's so human, right? We all experience this. We all have limiting beliefs. We all have self doubt. It's I would say it's the one human commonality is that we doubt ourselves. And, I, you know, I used to think it was just me. I, I always I had really extreme self doubt, and I would struggle with it. And I always thought I was the only one. And the more people that I get to work with across all kinds of different contexts, I'm like, Oh, every single person struggles with self doubt. And it's a perceptual thing, right? It's us learning about ourselves, which values helps with it's us understanding our, our unique gifts and realizing that each of us is a millionaire in our mind and in our in in and in, in the areas where we've put our time and our energy. Maybe you don't have the million dollars in the bank yet, but in certain areas where you've put your time and energy, you have millionaire, you have a, a, a stock of, of millions, right? And so it's you seeing that so that then you can decide, oh, maybe I want to turn this into money and material in the material form, I can shift my perceptions and then and then your actions will follow. And I could see th this with you too, and since you mentioned uh, you have limiting belief also. Being a mindset coach, I'm, I'm sure at some point you would think to yourself, who am I to be, you know, coaching people on mindset? There are Tony Robbins out there. There are tons of people who work like, uh, on mindset. So who am I to, to uh, be charging and, and teaching people and I'm, I'm sure at some point you had switched that around. And can you share what your new belief now is? Yeah, that's great. I love that. And, you know, something you're getting at really is imposter syndrome. That idea that even though you have success, you have an evidence, you have evidence of success, you have a history of success, you still don't believe you're good enough or that you are somehow allowed to be another person who would do mindset. Some, you know, real estate investors experience this all the time. Every entrepreneur I've worked with has this experiences and suffers from this. And so the shifts there, you know, when you think about mindset switches, I, I, I really what I teach my clients is a lot of mindset switches. How do you as quickly as possible switch your mindset in a new direction so you can take action to get where you want to go? Because if you get stuck in that mindset space of who am I? I don't believe I'm good enough. I'm not enough. Oh, there's already so many people out there doing this. Um, why am I going to be the one who's successful in it? then you're going to be stuck battling your mind at all points in time. And it 
limits what you can do every day, right? So it's like, if you think about the emotional space it takes up just to doubt yourself, it takes a lot of energy, you know, those fears and those doubts. So for me, it, I used a ton, I, I saturated my brain with positivity. And I started to own my unique gifts. So yeah, Tony Robbins is amazing, but he's not me and I'm not him, right? I have something unique to bring to the table and I'm going to speak to different people because they resonate with me differently than they might Tony Robbins. Um, you know, there's, of course, there's same thing with any any entrepreneurial endeavor we take on. We could always go, oh, there's already a million of those out there. So what? You're unique and you're powerful and your voice is going to be heard and your message or your products or your services are going to be found by the people who need to discover them. And that's something that I started to learn to trust more and go, you know what? It's I don't need to affect the whole it, I don't need to impact every single person in the world. I don't need to. You know, I just want to have those those people who hear my message and are like, yes, I like I like who she is. I like what she brings to the table. I want to work with her. So it's, you know, quieting that voice of self-doubt is probably one of the most powerful places to start if you're in that space is to start asking yourself, you know, when you say, who am I? Actually, you can say the same words. Who actually, yeah, who am I? What is unique about you? Write a list of every single unique thing about you that makes you exactly who you are, that makes you perfect to deliver your message, your services, your products. Because I promise you that there's someone out there that wants to work with you. You know, so if you're, for your listeners, if there's someone in that space of like, well, lots of people are already doing what I'm doing. Well, they might be, but they might not be doing it. They aren't doing it in your exact way. And they aren't doing it with your exact voice. And they aren't doing it, you know, we could think about so many different ways that like you're uniquely and I'm unique and different people are going to come to us for different reasons. Right, right. Definitely. And, you know, as in the real estate game, especially, um, sometimes we compare ourselves so, to some other successful investor in town or um, passive investor. You're thinking, hey, I already put money into this deal. And, and is this person good enough for me to trust my to put my money in? Uh, you don't know. Uh, however, you are unique and your experience, just like Dr. Amanda says, each person is different and your journey is different. Um, you have to just kind of live in the moment with whoever you're dealing with, whether it's a tenant that you're dealing with or a seller you're dealing with. You are there to serve that person at that moment and no one else matter at that point. It doesn't matter. You know, let's say uh not a successful investor in, you know, coming into this deal. Hey, that seller is only talking to one of us at, at a time, not both at the same time. So it's, it's different. We just have to use our gift uh, to serve that person at that point and nothing else matter right that moment. Yes. I love it. Awesome. Now, um, another thing that I heard you talk before, and you mentioned that the, the self-doubt part, um, there's a little voice in your your yourself, basically the inner critic that you, you said, inner critic, inner mentor. How do you get that voice out of your head? Um, some really practical tips. So first, let, let's say there, there's a lot of power in the inner critic voice and it's meant for your survival. So it, it actually is the voice that's helping you track danger around you. And it's something that's ingrained and wired into us, right? So we often want to eliminate the inner critic or eliminate self-doubt, but really it's based out of the survival strategy and, and fear, which, which your brain doesn't know the difference between real and imagined threat. So if you can first kind of make friends practically with your inner critic, so something I have people do is actually name their inner critic and talk to it like it's a friend. <laughs> so we often try to like push it away, right? And go like, I don't want to hear you. Get away from me. Stop talking to me like that. And instead it's like, okay, awesome. I call my um, Amanda, Miss Perfectionist or Amanda the Perfectionist. You even have a name? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like when, when my inner critic voice gets loud, I just go, oh, thanks, Miss Perfectionist. Um, it's awesome that you're letting me know you're worried and freaked out, but here's the direction I'm going to go. And so it's instead of trying to fight it, which tends to make it grow, I make yeah. friends with it. And I go, okay, awesome. Thank you. And, and then, you know, there's a whole bunch of fun strategies to switch from going from that inner critic voice to the inner cheerleader voice. But I think the first step is to try to make friends with your inner critic instead of trying to force it away, because it actually is a built-in mechanism to help you 
but it can run amok. And if you let it, it will take over your life. So, you know, you don't want that to happen, but it's impossible to completely eliminate your inner critic voice because it's a survival mechanism. So does your uh, inner cheerleader start giving you words of affirmations at that point? Yeah, yeah. So I'm big on affirmations. Some people call them affirmations, mantras, declarations, whatever you want to call them. I, I've been lately been calling them mantras because I, I have like a group coaching that I we go through M's. I, I, obviously, I have the seven P's of profitability. Profitability. I have the you know the eight M's of you know I do all, I like the, I don't know why it's the way my brain works, but <laughs> so lately, I have a lot of lists. I do. I love it. So I've been um, calling them mantras lately. But yes, basically, it's what you need to do is train your brain in a new direction because of the inner critic survival and the negativity bias. We, you know, our brain wants to track the negative to keep us safe. So you have to train your brain. You get to choose to train your brain in the direction you want it to go. So I've done, I do affirmations every single day in my journal. And I set, um, this is a fun one for listeners for a practical strategy on your phone, set up an alarm to go off every day at a certain time with an affirmation. So you, so on your alarm, you can set a label for your alarm and just label, put in there an affirmation. And so your phone becomes your cheerleader, reminding you on a consistent basis that you're awesome. Like I've done ones that say, Amanda, you are a money magnet. Everything you touch turns to gold. Like, Awesome. How fun is it to get the that? Lightest touch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So there's fun little strategies that you can do to keep shifting your mindset in the direction of inner cheerleader. This is so practical. Uh, this is great. Now, whether you are a new investor or you have been in the game for some years, um, I'm sure you've been able to pick out some practical tips uh, to help you yourself and elevate your mindset to help you achieve your next big goal. Um, now, let me go back to another piece that you have mentioned here, and which is powerful network. Uh, who you hang out matters. And uh, someone like Jim Rohn said you are the average uh, or you are the same as the average five person you hang out with the most. Yeah. Um, so how do you elevate your game in a powerful network? What do what do you do? What are some tips that you can give to the listeners? I would say. It's interesting because there's so many different strategies. Number one is attend workshops, masterminds, seminars, lectures with like-minded people that you want to hang out with. Some of my very best friends in the world I've met at workshops. And I love that because it's this way of networking with people who are who are in the same mindset as you. So if you're a real estate investor, go to real estate workshops. If you're it, and if you're a real estate investor or any type of entrepreneur, go to personal growth and development workshops because there you're going to meet people who are into personal growth and development. Um, you know, I think that's a beautiful place to start. And, and also because a lot of entrepreneurs I know get really socially isolated because we can work our buds off <laughs> all day, every day and often in isolation and are at our desk in our house, you know, which is one of the benefits of being able to work for yourself. Like, oh, cool. I get to work from home. One of the drawbacks of working from home if, is that you sometimes miss out on that social connection and interact and interpersonal dynamics of, you know, human connection. You know, I'm connecting with V right now over, I guess uh, it's called Squad. Squadcast. So it's like Zoom, right? But right. we get to see each other, but it's not quite the same as hanging out, you know, in, in a setting and being able to physically see and, and, you know, give each other a hug and things like that. So that's one aspect of it. Then, you know, when you're talking about business, I love LinkedIn. I've met some really cool people there. I met V there, right? I, we met on LinkedIn. So I love LinkedIn. I love Instagram. I think social media can be a really cool way to, to network. I'm a member of my chamber of commerce in Boulder, Colorado, wherever you are. You know, I know they vary in different places, um, but there's really cool like-minded entrepreneurs there. I go to meetups. You know, I think it's really important to create a powerful network of people that you want to jive with. Then in addition to that, when we think about affiliate stuff. You know, when you're thinking about joint ventures and affiliates, if you really want to take your business to the seven plus figure mark, you're going to need a network. You're going to need a powerful network of powerful people who are in the mindset 
of NFA, right? Where they go, (laughs) we're going the direction that we want to go. Let's all go there together. Let's create as many win-win relationships as we possibly can, where we both support each other in the growth of what we want to create. Yeah, definitely. I I would agree with that. And I was sharing with you earlier, I just came back from a mastermind in Nashville recently. And the, the friendship and the relationship that was built there over two and a half days was like, you know, at the end of it, I felt like I know I've known these people for years because it was it was nonstop from, from 6 a.m. to, you know, midnight or even past 1 a.m. the next day, every day like that. And the amount of friendship and the connection and the things that you can learn from these people is just just astronomical. It's just crazy. You cannot describe it. And now talking about live event, Dr. Amanda, do you besides the one that I'm going to meet you at in, in uh, Rhode Island, is there another one that you actually host yourself or do you have live event that you lead? You know, I don't yet, but I absolutely will. So, you know, if people are interested in working with me in that way, get into my NFA fold by I- any of the freebies that you download, obviously you're going to be a part of my community then. Um, I, I, I have so many fun ones in mind. I have a mastermind right now that's being built that I want to do a retreat with, um, like a group coaching program and and we're going to do retreats. Um, I want to do money healing workshops. So one, and when I say I want to, I'm committed to, and it's in the works, it's in development. Um, I've been doing a lot of one-on-one coaching and I I do group coaching, one-on-one coaching. I'm, I have product online courses that are in like in production right now as we speak. Um, and then the next phase for my scaling is to do live um, events. So not yet, but yes, there will be. This is so great. I, you know, I'm not sure if you uh, realize that, but I, I love what you just did right there. You, you said you want to, but you're like, no, I committed to, you, you kind of change your mindset right there. You're like, no, I'm going to, I'm not going to use any weak words. You know, yeah. I'm going to use a strong, powerful work. I am committed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, you know, I just did on my group coaching. We just talked about the power of words and, and the difference between saying I want versus I commit. <laughs> yeah, you won, you try and all that. Yeah. And and that has been coming becoming more of a, a pet peeve of me now. Every time I see someone say, I'll try to do something. And I'm like, no, nope, you are going to do it. Yes. <laughs> Nice. High fives. (laughs) Right. It's so true. And and it's so powerful. If you just listen to that alone, like where do you hear yourself saying, I want to, I wish to, I hope to, I am trying to versus I'm dedicated. I'm committed. I'm inspired. I'm, I'm devoted. I'm willing. And I'm absolutely doing it now. Right. Like totally different words that, that indicate how you're, where your mind's at. Yeah, de- definitely. Let's uh, change the our topic a little bit. Can you tell us um, what are you like? What's your roadblock right now? What's something that you are hitting, having challenged with? Oh, that's a great. That's a really great question. Um, you know, I I'd say my biggest roadblock right now is when uh, money money comes up for me a lot. Um, you know that that piece of were future worry about money comes in for me. And I, it's the place where I use my tools on myself the most (laughs) Um, because, you know, going from food stamps to building a six figure business, you know, I, it was really cool at the end of 2019, it was about, it was about three months before the end of the year. And I was like, I don't know if I, this is going to happen. And I've been telling people like I'm going to six figures. And I had at the, at the beginning of the year, I had a few months that were like, Oh, I'm on track for six figures. And then I had big dips and you know how it goes in the beginning of a, a startup. It's like very volatile and all of those things. And so there's still this part of me. And then I had a breakup this year, right, where I, we moved into this big, nice house and we ended up breaking up and have a long, long partnership. And now I'm in this house by myself. Right. And I tripled my rent and I, you know, I was living in subsidized housing before. And then my business started to float. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Let's move. And then we broke up and I'm like, I'm not moving. This is, this is my place. This is like, I I manifested this. And so all of these fears and doubts and worries, you know, and it's like, okay, how do I use my manifestation, my mindset and my money 
skills and, and tricks on myself. And so that comes up, you know, it still comes up. I, I, I wonder if even when I get to the million dollar mark, I'll, I'll, it's still a work in progress for me. And it constantly reminds me about how all of these things that I'm even talking to all of you about today, wherever you're at, it's a process, right? You're never going to get to where, well, I can't say never. It's unlikely that you're going to get to where these things don't ever come up. It's more like, oh, when they come up, you pivot much more quickly. You have the skills and the tools to go, oh, I'm noticing that I'm in a negative space. I'm noticing that I'm in victim mindset. I'm noticing that I feel stuck and scared. What am I going to do about it as quickly as I can? You know, so for me, I think it's the long term future projection of is is the money going to stop? You know, like what happens if the money stops, that kind of thing. So I work on that constantly in my in my manifestation and in mindset. So then, I mean, at, so at that point, you, you're asking yourself, is the money going to stop? And in your switch, you're like, well, what if it's never stopped? Totally. It, so so <laughs> what, what we focus on expands. So if I'm focusing on the fear that the money's going to stop, that's what gets created in my thoughts, right? Instead of focusing on how can I create more opportunities? How can I create more passive streams of income? How can I scale up to the next level? How can I see that there's money everywhere flowing to me at all points in time, right? So when I start focusing in that direction and taking action in that direction, then the universe provides a whole bunch of cool stuff for me. When I'm focusing on the fear, I'm in a state of passive inactivity, worry, doubt, fear, and and then that amplifies. Yeah, yeah, de definitely. And, you know, I see in your business right now, you said last year was just the first year that you, you know, hit six figures. Um, so in business, you have three phases, right? You have stabilized, which is what you went through last year. And yeah. then now you're in the m operation mode where you need to operate your business in a smooth and put a system in place to help you grow. Uh, and then uh, the last part is expansion. You will, I'm sure in this year, next year, you will expand. And, you know, you have coaching program and now you're working on the retreat, you know, mastermind and live events. I I'm excited to see where you take things next. This is this Me is good too. stuff. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is know, good I'm, stuff. Uh, I'm uh, one thing that's a, a benefit and a drawback to myself is that I'm really impatient. <laughs> <laughs> I that's one thing I'm working on you know going like okay the less I work the more I make mentality where it's like okay I don't need to work 18 hours a day to make things happen all at once because for me once I have the idea and this ties back kind of to the beginning of when we were talking about sports and you know doing marathons once I know that it's possible to do something I will push all the way you know, and so right now, my goal is to be a million dollar a year coaching company, a million dollar a year plus, and I see it all over the place, right? Like I know tons of coaches who make a million dollars plus a year. So I go, oh, well, that's totally possible. So it's almost like I'm looking at this, this pot of gold at the top of a mountain and going, how fast can I get there? <laughs> and so I, one of my, you know, things that I'm working on is flow and ease and joy and, and allowing and surrendering to it flowing to me easily instead of being like, I got to work 18 hours a day to get there as fast as possible. And, you know, my, my, in my vision and my goal, I've set out to go, okay, in the first three full-time years of my business, I want to be a million dollars plus, and I want to do it with ease and joy and flow. And so <laughs> the way that I'm doing that is online courses, right? So when yeah. we talk about like the live retreats and all these different things I'm doing, those are fun aspects of my business. And I love, love, love teaching. And I go, oh, online courses are, are an easy way to impact a lot of people and make the million dollars a year. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm surprised that you even say that uh, about yourself because you run marathon and not sprints. You, I mean, you can see the, the the finish line, but you know, marathon it takes a lot of patience to, yeah. to run that 23 miles. <laughs> not like a sprint where you can just you know get there yeah. as fast as you could. Yeah. I think it's hard because I have the I have the I'm gonna run a marathon in a sprint pace. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that possible though? Uh, my cousin does it. <laughs> really? I mean, he's crazy. He runs a marathon in five minute miles, but I definitely oh, wow. can. Yeah, he's 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 a wild man. So the whole way in five minutes. Miles. Yeah, not trail. He doesn't do trail marathons. He does road marathons. But I mean, like, yeah, he'll run an entire marathon in like five minute miles. Wow. Yeah, he's a he's a world class runner. 
So it takes him what a little bit over two hours to run the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. It's twenty six point two miles. I know my brain is like, oh, I want to know. Twenty six point two times. Let's say five point five, just for fun. Yeah, one hundred forty four minutes. But I'm pretty sure he can run a marathon in under. I want to. I, I don't want to misquote, but yes, he's he runs it between five and six minute miles of a marathon. It's insane. Oh my god, this is this is crazy. You you, you know, you run with some crazy people. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure <laughs> which is why you came into my world right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah I'm, I'm glad chris kind of uh introduced us yeah yeah <laughs> um can you tell us one thing that your program did for your client that you did not expect oh that's a good one boy I, it's interesting you say that because what comes to my mind first is first is I don't almost ever go into it with expectations. Oh. <laughs> I, I always trust that whatever they're going to need to get out of it, they get out of it. Although I do, of course, go, I know some of the things they're going to get out of it, of course, because I've done it enough. But I, I often don't go into it with expectations because everybody's so different. And I think usually what people get out of it surprises even themselves. Um one interesting thing is that I've worked with several couples who are entrepreneurial couples and they talk a lot about bringing their relationship a lot closer through doing the work together. And I think that's really, uh, that's something that's been really fun to be a part of. Um, I think that people don't realize how many money blocks they have. Like a lot of people will think like I'm buying in the money world. And then we start digging and doing the work and they're like, holy moly, I had no idea that that was affecting me in this way. And people don't see that those things are linked. So it's been really, you know, I don't, I don't know if they're there. I've been surprised by what happens in the process. And, and I think, you know, you and I talked about this a little before. I think one of the big surprises for me personally has been like, holy crap, everybody experiences intense self-doubt. You know, like I thought, I thought, and, and it was my, my weird fantasy about rich people. I thought that people who are wealthy didn't really have any problems. <laughs> And they have better, uh, bigger problems. Right. It's just different. It's just different problems. Right. It's like, and for me, because I had such a, you know, I held wealth on such a pedestal where I was like, oh my God, that would solve everything in the world for me. And I realized like, oh no, it's just different, different stuff. It, and, and actually not really even different stuff. You know, it's like, we are all humans and we all operate from the same place and human behavior is human behavior. So, you know, the strategies I use with multi-million dollar business owners are the same that I use with I've worked with incarcerated men you know like it, they're the same strategies because we're all humans yeah yeah definitely now thank you so much for joining us Dr. Manda I just have one last question before I um, let you go what's your mission Ooh, my big mission with my company is to impact a minimum of five million people uh, uh and, and I I'm when I wrote that I thought okay I that is going to be like, it seemed so unrealistic to me at the time. And now I'm like, oh, I think it's going to far surpass that. You know, it's like through my podcast, through books, through speaking, through workshops, through online courses, I really want to impact 5 million people. And my, you know, my why is uh, to help people get inspired to do whatever it takes to transform into the most empowered version of themselves so they can lead rich, thriving, kick-ass lives and businesses. And it's really this idea of inspire, transform, empower. And it was my journey of I, I, I got inspired. I got committed. I took a vow that I was willing to do whatever it takes. I did the work to transform myself. And then I get to be empowered in certain areas. And, and it's, you know, what I said, it's a journey. I empower myself and then I learn, I go to the next quantum leap level of myself and I do that all again because it's an ongoing process of evolution of myself as I, as I step into the next version of myself to the best of my capabilities. And I really, I mean, my joy, like greatest joy in life is helping people feel good and, and live meaningful lives and make the money they want to make and spend time doing what they love to do. And like that, when, when people get to do that through my work, that's what makes me feel super, super psyched and inspired to get out of bed every morning and just be like, yes, yes, yes. I can't wait to talk to more people and, and work with more people and do things like this. And, you know, like podcast interviews and interview people for my podcast. And I just, I love sharing 
I love sharing tools that empower people. That's, that's really my, that's my jam. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Amanda. You've been so wonderful. And thank you so much for joining us, sharing your little bit of, of insight into your world and working on the mind, working, touch people's lives, you know, through podcasts. I really appreciate you doing that. And uh, what I love about you is when you talk about helping people, um, your your eyes just kind of lit up. And a lot of people, a lot of coaches out there, even though they say they, they enjoy the work, but you don't see it in their eyes, you don't have that problem. You have that gift. And thank you so much for doing that. Oh, thank you. Thank you for seeing that and knowing it and, and inviting me on to share that with the world because it is. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. That's the end of the show. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a five stars rating and review on iTunes for the Real Estate Lab podcast. Until next time, have a prolific week.